Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslenko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 1, Episode 15 of this podcast. We will hear Father Mark's homily from April twenty second, 2018, the fourth Sunday of Easter in Year B. The Gospel for this week is John, Chapter 10, Verses 11 through 18. Let us listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man, who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm often amazed as I listen to and encounter people each week. How many folks either convey verbally or just look by their demeanor extremely unhappy? So many folks are seeking for that something to bring into their life that isn't currently there, for that place where they can finally be at peace and feel a certain at-homeness. We live in a world where there's so much at our fingertips, so many options and choices that we can have. In a moment's instance, we can have exactly what we're looking for, practically on our doorstep, delaying gratification or waiting for anything is becoming a thing of the past. The quicker it can be produced, the better it seems to be. But yet as human beings, we tend to look outside of ourselves for what really needs to be acquired within We try this thing or that thing, and one works for a little while and then soon pales, and we replace it with another. And that brings us to a certain place, but then eventually that fades away too, and we're searching for something else. 
never realizing perhaps that it's not something that we are really looking for, but someone. And Jesus stands before us today once again and says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. That word know that is used in the biblical sense of that word, it has nothing to do with knowing details. It's not a mental knowing, an intellectual knowing. It's a knowing that occurs on a a deeper level, something more profound. It can be equated perhaps to the kind of knowing that occurs in a marital relationship where two people are totally invested in one another and are sharing life together and have the well-being and the interests of the other exclusively at heart. It is this deeper knowing that Jesus is directing us to and telling us that he has a connection with us that is beyond any other connection that we can ever discover or find in life. It's a connection that gets celebrated every time we celebrate the Eucharist, where the body of Christ, his actual flesh, comes into our flesh and binds with us and enters into us in a way that no other being can even hope to accomplish. Our God empties himself into us. Empties himself into us. And so as we ponder and we meditate upon the image of the Good Shepherd, it's very easy to keep those images in the pious thoughts of our minds and the pious feelings of our hearts. But really it's more about, more than piety that is really at stake here. And understanding the essence of the Good Shepherd is quite more than that. If we're really going to understand Jesus as the Good Shepherd of our lives, then we need ourselves to become good shepherds. It's not just enough to follow Jesus, but we are being asked to become like him, to go out into the world and be good shepherds. Good shepherds in a world that is so lost and broken. Can we see the image of Christ in that lost and broken world? In that broken world that contains folks who very often don't think the way we think. Folks who don't present themselves in the way we present them ourselves. Those who might be different. Those who are poor. Those who are marginalized and lost. Those who are weak. Those who are addicted to one substance or another. Or those who just simply can't get life together. There is a lot of hurt and pain in our world. And it's easy, I suppose, to keep that pain at a distance, to keep it away from ourselves. Oh yes, we're very willing when the need arises to contribute to the food bank or a collection drive 
or maybe even make a dish to serve at the soup kitchen. But have we ever considered how our brothers and sisters fit into the essence of our lives? You see, in order for us to be good shepherds, we have to open ourselves up to the sheep. We have to be emotionally and spiritually available. And in so doing, speak of a life that the world itself cannot achieve on its own. Think for a moment about our own homes. And not that we have to rush out and do this immediately, but it's, it's something to consider and think about. Our own tables in our homes. Could we ever imagine inviting someone to that table who doesn't fit into how we view life? The poor, the lost, the broken, the addicted, the marginalized, those who don't fit in. Can we ever imagine breaking bread with someone and serving an individual who is totally different than we are? You know, we often hear, and the book of Genesis underscores this, that we're made in the image of God, that within every human being, every one of God's creation, is the spark of his divine presence. It's in us. But we don't often consider becoming the likeness of God. You see, that's different. That's our life work. It's not enough just to be in God's image. The challenge for the disciple is to be made into the likeness of God. So that as we present ourselves to the world, we present ourselves as God would present himself. You see, because the dynamic that needs to happen and the circuit that needs to get completed, if we're ever going to stumble upon happiness in any measure in this life, is as God empties himself into us, we have to empty ourselves into God so that his image, his likeness, reflects through us and out to others. You see, we become very accustomed in our prayer life of making it all about us. What I want, what I need, even if it seems noble, like the attainment of heaven. But when you stop and look at the Gospels, Jesus had much more to say about how to live in this world than what to do about the one to come. The Beatitudes speak volumes about how to organize our living today so that God's likeness can be reflected in the very events of our ordinary lives. And so our spirituality, our prayer life, really needs to serve that mission of becoming more in the likeness of God. Lord, help me become more like you. 
You see, because when I invest myself in God and lose myself in God, then what I'm gaining is God. And that fills that God hole. You see, because the reason why we can't get satisfied is because we bring this restlessness to life. St. Augustine said that. Lord, we're restless until we rest in you. And so if we're ever going to quench that thirst and fill that longing, we need to invest in God. And we do that by investing in our brothers and sisters, especially those who are most poor and weak. It's no wonder when folks do that. And you hear the stories all the time when they truly open themselves up for someone else and really invest themselves in a good work of mercy, say. And they'll come back and almost apprehensively say how good they felt about that, as if there's something selfish about feeling good after doing something good for someone else. It's not being selfish. It's acknowledging the connection. Of course you're going to feel good about doing something and investing yourself in someone else because you're connecting with God who is then connecting with you and the circuit is completed and you're experiencing joy and happiness, which is what we're supposed to experience in the first place. Becoming in the likeness of God. St. Teresa of Avila made it a big point to say, we are the hands, the feet, the eyes, the mouth of Christ. Without us, he can't be. He needs us to go out into the world and be good shepherds and to lead these hungry, lost sheep home. Because there are so many who are looking for a place to call home. Not just in a physical sense, but in the deeper, more profound spiritual one. They're not going to find themselves connecting to the intranet. They're not going to find themselves being successful in their job. They're not going to find themselves pursuing their passions. They're not going to find themselves getting the latest thing that's available. They're going to find themselves by investing themselves in their creator who is already investing himself in them. You see, the good shepherd really does want to lead us to safe pastures. He wants us to find a place of repose. And he wants us to stay out of harm's way. But unfortunately, for many, the thing that can cause the most harm is their own very self. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.